Hello, everyone, and welcome to the seventh podcast in our national conversation series about customer service in the U.S. I'm Denise Waiters with J.D. Power, and with me today is Jay Bayer. Jay is a seventh-generation entrepreneur and founder of five multimillion-dollar companies. He's advised over 700 brands, authored seven business books, and he's a Hall of Fame keynote speaker. He has also been named a top global guru in customer experience, and he's here today to share some of his insight. Thank you for joining me today, Jay. Denise, thank you for having me. I am absolutely fired up to be here, excited about your new research as well. We're going to talk about some of my research. This is going to be fun for everybody. Good, good. Well, Jay, we are well into this national conversation about customer service in the U.S., and in just a few weeks, J.D. Power will publish our first ever cross-industry customer service study. And we've gathered feedback from tens of thousands of people for approximately 100 brands and across multiple industries because we are on a quest to find out what top performers consistently do to deliver a good customer experience. And we're publishing this cross-industry study because we believe that a good experience anywhere influences expectations everywhere. We think that the industry does not matter. Service is service. So the results are finally in, and I can't wait until we reveal how customers feel about the way that brands are executed on, uh, executing on their service experience. So now, Jay, you are definitely on the customer experience circuit. Tell us a little about your background and why you're so passionate about the customer experience. Uh, first of all, let me just say I'm so excited to get a look at the cross-industry customer service journey study because I could not agree more, Denise, with this idea that customers don't care about your category of business anymore. Now, there was a time, and it wasn't that long ago, where somebody would actually say this kind of thing. You know what? That's pretty good experience for a bank, or that's a pretty good experience for a utility, or that's a pretty good experience for any other kind of business. Nobody says that anymore because you're absolutely right. An experience in one industry impacts your expectations for all industries, and I'm really excited to see the research. My family has been self-employed in some form or fashion since 1850. I am a seventh-generation entrepreneur. My son is an eighth-generation entrepreneur. I've started many, many companies of my own and obviously helped a lot of companies, and I've invested in a lot of companies. And so to me, customer experience is business success and vice versa. So I, I've come by, come by this, uh, this, this interest very, very naturally. And, and I come at it from a digital perspective, Denise. I started in the, in the digital business uh, industry 30 years ago, in 1993, when domain names were still free. So I was there the first time people bought things online and the first time that people thought, oh, wow, now we can email companies. And so a lot of the rising expectations of customers with regards to CX and customer service have been powered by digital. And it's actually been a real handy turn of events in my career that I've been involved in digital since kind of it was invented. So, you know, I'm glad you said that because that's a great, um, I'd like to ask you about technology. So one of the questions I had for you is how has technology changed the customer experience landscape? I mean, it's it's everything. I mean, so much of of what we now consider to be table stakes as customers was first pioneered by some digitally focused organization trying to do something different. For example, 
I don't know that they were the first, but they certainly popularized this idea of free two-way shipping. Zappos, zappos.com. It wasn't that long ago, Denise, where if you bought a pair of shoes and it was the wrong size or you just thought they were ugly, you would have to pay to send them back. You'd have to pay for the shipping, maybe a restocking fee, and that put a little bit of a drag on the whole idea of purchasing goods and services online that maybe you didn't believe in or didn't have full information about. Then Zappos said, hey, you know what? Buy as many shoes as you like, and if you don't like them, we'll pay for you to return them. And that changed customer expectations massively, and now it's actually hard to be in e-commerce without offering free two-way shipping. The same thing with overall responsiveness. I talk about this in my new book. Denise, I, you you may be old enough, I certainly am, to remember the time when you couldn't summon transportation from an app on your phone. You would have to telephone a taxi, and maybe you would have to use a payphone, and you would have to have a quarter or maybe even a dime when I was a kid, and all you could do is dial the number, which for some reason is always like two, 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 two. So you just keep pressing twos on your phone, two, two, two. And then eventually like, this is Lou. You're like what? Like, <laughs> and like, I, yeah, I need to get to the airport. He'll be by to get you. Click. Like the only information you were allowed to have is that a man named Lou said somebody would be come by to get you. Like, when is he going to come? Don't know. What's it going to cost? Don't know. Which taxi on the road is my taxi? We won't tell you. Now you have full information. You've got the driver's headshot, license plate, picture of the car, blood type, like a five-generation Ancestry.com study on this guy. And, and you can see the icon of the car, and you can coach him along the way. Like, don't turn left, Sherman. It's a one-way. It's now a video game. And, and so now customers expect that kind of real-time information. So technology has, has sort of pushed forward to now be commonplace, a lot of things that used to be space age originally. That's right. So, so why do you think customer expectations are changing at, at such a fast pace? Is it because of technology and the ability of, for technology to, to support this process? I'm not sure it's totally true that they are raise, that, that customer expectations are going up at an exponentially faster rate. Mm-hmm. I'm not positive that's true. I mean, I guess it depends on your time horizon. Are customer expectations rising faster now than they were 50 years ago? Well, sure. Are they rising faster than they were 10 or 20 years ago? I'm not certain. I don't know it's the, that it's the pace of expectations going up so much as it is at some point, if you've got to continue to leapfrog, what they demand becomes harder and harder for business to execute. So I don't know that got it's it. the I don't know that it's the the increase in expectation um, heightening so much as it is business is starting to get fatigued by the fact that they're never done, that they just continue to try and get better, get better, get better at satiating customer needs. And the customer's like, well, what have you done for me lately? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? I have such high expectations as a customer and I've always had them. (laughs) They have not increased lately, I don't think. So I, I, I agree with that sentiment. I really do. So thanks for sharing that. Um, so Jay, I've been following you and I've heard you say that social media and word of mouth used to be a competitive advantage, but now it's speed and responsiveness. Why do you say that? What are you seeing? What change are you seeing? My whole career now, certainly the last 15 or 20 years when I started to write books 
and give keynote presentations has been this idea of using research to discover what customers need and then how businesses can provide that and use that as a competitive advantage. So I'm not a futurist. I, I can't tell you what customers are going to want 10 years from now, but I can tell you what they want today. And what they want today is speed and responsiveness. Now, at one point, I wrote a whole book about this. Customers wanted to interact with businesses in a more carefree, casual way, e.g. social media. And, and so what customers want and what businesses can provide in order to have a competitive advantage naturally changes over time. Today, based on my new research, my most recent book, what we're finding is that customers have an expectation around speed and responsiveness, and business largely hasn't met that expectation yet. So for businesses that can do that, for businesses that can elevate the importance of speed and responsiveness in their internal list of priorities, they do have a distinct competitive advantage because a lot of other folks in their industry simply won't do it. And, and why is this important? Well, two-thirds of customers now say that speed is as important as price. And if you know that to be true, wouldn't you inside your own business start to put more emphasis on speed and responsiveness? I want to add that our data show that an easy, frictionless experience should be at the top um, of priorities for businesses and for brands. How does that align with speed and responsiveness? Uh, Denise, I think it's largely the same. I think it's more of a more of a taxonomy and nomenclature difference than it is a perspective difference. I mean, to me, if something is easy and frictionless, it is ipso facto faster. Uh, and so I think we're actually saying the same thing just in a slightly different way. And, and I believe your data to be spot on because the reason I wrote this book, The Time to Win, is that my initial observation was that coming out of the pandemic, all of us care about time and how we spend it more than we used to. I think the pandemic taught us a lot of things, but one of the things it reminded us is that tomorrow is not guaranteed. Nothing is promised to us. And so a lot of these trends that we've talked about in business, great resignation, quiet quitting, people not wanting to commute so they can work from home, uh, leisure travel. You heard this one, Denise, business and leisure travel combined, where you bring your kids to the conference and double dip the trip. That's a thing now. Uh, baseball games are half an hour shorter per night. Like all of these are the same trend. They're all the same trend, which is that we care about our time and how we spend it more than we used to. The reality is we now interpret speed as caring and we interpret responsiveness as respect. And so when we're coming out of a, a window of time, pandemic era, where everything was hard, what you crave is easy. So your data makes a lot of sense to me. Okay, so that, that kind of moves us to personalization. I mean, what are, you, what are you seeing related to the topic of personalization? Are they large, is that largely the same as well? Yes and no. I think personalization in support of saving time it's personalized, therefore I don't have to go spelunking through your catalog to find matching pants. You just told me what are matching pants because you know what sweater I bought. That kind of personalization that is essentially proxy for easy, I think is absolutely a business imperative. But personalization in the era of, well, we wanna make sure that we use Denise's name in the email, I think that's a little bit overdone, frankly, because we actually asked this in my research. 
you will overlook somebody getting your name wrong. You'll overlook somebody getting your zip code wrong or your state wrong or your school wrong as long as you get what you want when you want it. So is personalization important to customers? Of course it is. Is it as important as speed and easy? I think no. So Jay, you are a New York Times bestselling author of seven books. Tell us about your latest book, The Time to Win, How to Exceed Customers' Need for Speed. Yeah, it just came out. Uh, you can get it at jbearbook.com or on Amazon. The Time to Win is all about this idea that businesses have a window of time. I think it's two to two and a half years to use speed and responsiveness as a competitive advantage. Another amazing stat from the research that powers the book, half, half of all customers will hire whomever contacts them first, regardless of price. So there's a number of other really interesting and important data, uh, data findings in the book, as well as a six-piece framework for how businesses can use responsiveness as their calling card, as their way to outperform competitors in their industry. Look, we all have kind of realized that we have 1,440 minutes a day, period, and it doesn't matter who you are. You can't make more. You can't buy more. I think, Denise, that, that time is actually the only resource on this planet that we share equally. So what we talk about in this book is that if you give your customers time, they will give you money. If you cost your customers time, it will cost you money. And I'm not suggesting that businesses don't believe speed is important. Of course they do. I am suggesting they don't think it's important enough. We're having this national conversation because we've got a study coming out in a few weeks. And the brands include financial services and auto and health insurance, hospitality, wireless and internet, utilities, and so forth. So just for fun, can you predict which industry might rise to the top? Just for okay. fun. Okay. Financial. We don't, have um, we don't have the results yet, but just for fun. It always depends on kind of how you ask it. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like and this may seem strange, and I could be totally wrong. I hope I am. It'll be more fun if I'm really wrong. I, I feel like, and at least in my own observations, um, financial services have really worked hard at, at customer service in the last few years. Maybe financial services would do pretty well in that ranking. Hospitality at one point was doing pretty well, but I think coming out of the pandemic, there's been a lot of fatigue around hospitality. That could be tricky. Wireless and internet typically gets beat up a lot of time. Utilities uh, as well. Auto insurance, you know, there's a lot of good organizations who, who really do excellent excellent work in customer experience and customer service in the sort of USAA progressive Geico sort of category. Um, so I, if I had to pick, I'd say financial services and and insurance, uh, but I'm probably wrong. Okay. Well, we shall see very soon. We're going to launch that in a few weeks. Jay, I'm sending the study and the results to all of our podcast guests so that you all can see those results. So I think that's a great place to end our discussion today. Thank you, Jay, so much for participating in our national conversation and for sharing such great examples and your insight. And I hope you will join us again. Denise, it's an absolute genuine pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure as well. And to all of our listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. If you'd like more information on today's topic, please visit us on our website at jdpower.com 
forward slash business. Till next time.